Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. So, so here we are, uh, dismantling toxic thoughts. Um, it's, it's a new month, but uh, we, we see the guy still has some stuff to say concerning that. Is that all right with y'all? Um, and so we've, we've had a phenomenal, you know, part one, two, three, and four. And then um, last week we had an awesome conversation um, on, on mantling God thoughts. And so I uh, just want to let you guys know that also the, the word is available via podcast. And so somebody was on Instagram this week and they were in their car listening to the podcast, and then they encourage, you know, their followers to listen as well and things like that. And then afterward, they shared with me a poem that they had uh, uh, written specifically in conjunction with what they've learned from the Dismantling Toxic Thought series. And so um, I invited him here today. I want y'all to give it up for Brother Vernon. He's going to share a little something, something. Family, how we doing today? Happy Sunday. So uh, I'm just a visitor. I go to Woodstream Church up the street. But um, I've been listening to the podcast, you know, every time they came out. And I was just like blown away because I struggle with depression, you know, anxiety, you know, a lot of toxic thoughts in my head. So it was so much conviction. I was like, are you following me around? You, you like, you know, my mind, man. I was like, I was a little scared. So um, I just instead of just speaking regularly about how um, the series, you know, spoke to me, I, I just rhymed some words. So I'm not really a poet. I'm a little nervous, but I'm not about to show it because God got me. So here we go. Though I got saved as a kid, like many of us did, it took the COVID slowdown, the solitude and having nobody else around for me to get serious. I was living a life that was delirious and it made God furious. I was depressed, a mess. Uh, I just had so much stress. I, it's just, there was no way that I felt God's love or that I was blessed. I believe so many lives, lies of the enemy. I was, I detested my inner me, a slave to drugs. I felt so far away from God's love until one day until one day he showed me a better way. He brought some sunshine to my days. He gave me a new prescription, which allowed me to see a new vision. As all the result of spending time mantling God thoughts, I no longer feel like a wanderer who is lost. I don't feel worthless or that I don't have a purpose. And I don't feel like something's missing because he has me on a mission. I am driven to make better decisions. No more negative self-talk or tripping. I no longer desire to get higher and higher. These days, I just want to please my provider. Submitting to his ways every single day, not only on Sundays. Not going back to that toxic crap. And I just pray this testimony encourages somebody to get free and get rid of the bondage of the enemy. All right, let's give it up. Let's give it up. That was powerful. Thank you, sir. And thank, thank you for sharing, Vernon. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Um, and so he said he's not a poet. I think he's a poet and don't know it. <laughs> Dismantling Toxic Thoughts, the bonus track, OK? You know it's good when it's a bonus track now. I mean, any, any album can be good, but when it's a bonus track, that means there's some extra stuff up in there that's about to bless you. And so the bonus track today is entitled, It Ain't That Deep. 
Okay? <laughs> Say it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. Sometimes you got to tell yourself that in the middle of something. Up, oh, calm down. It ain't that deep. Amen. And of course, I'm a, a big fan of uh, English and proper, you know, use of the language. However, in order to drive my point home today, it ain't that deep. <laughs> and so it's the bonus track. Y'all know about unreleased music. Some of the best music is unreleased. Some of the best songs don't make the album. Y'all know that? And so this series has become somewhat of a deluxe version. How about that? And um, yeah, so last week, like the couch conversation, it was amazing. And um, it was also unexpected, but God said to do it. And so today, likewise, here he goes with the bonus track. Um, I realized that there's some notes that I never got to. Um, they never made uh, the sermon, any, any of the parts. But it's funny because they were literally the first notes that I took when God downloaded uh, this series. And so um, I now rest assured that none of that was by mistake. And as I got with Holy Spirit and curated this bonus track, I realized that those notes were for right here, right now, okay? So the good news is whatever God has to say today is going to be timely for all who are listening. Uh, so just making, making everything make sense on this journey, we have the importance of thoughts. That was part one. Part two is taking thoughts captive. Part three, mantling God thoughts. Part four, being intentional about your freedom. Um, last week was a conversation specifically geared toward part three, mantling God thoughts, but also keeping part four in mind because we're mantling God thoughts as we remain intentional about our freedom. And so today, in moving forward, because we are moving forward, right? In moving forward, we're not leaving this series, you know, just during the months of August and September, right? Yeah, okay. In moving forward, this message rests. This message rests on ensuring that you're moving forward with the proper perspective, okay? I'm going to say that again. We're moving forward. However, this message rests on ensuring that you're moving forward with the proper perspective. Somebody say perspective. Because if you're moving forward but you're looking at things wrong, it's going to be difficult. Truth be told, at the beginning of this series, there were certain toxic thoughts and there were specific things that you knew or you grew to know that you had to deal with, right? Okay? So some of us, we may have throughout the course of these six weeks dealt with and overcome these things. For some of us, it may be a work in progress, but we all have some things, right? Can we agree on that? Okay? And so moving forward, when those things can seem heavy, and when those things, because remember, they're not just going to evaporate. They're still going to be there to be dealt with. When those things can look big, today I come to you with the reminder that God is greater than anything, okay? And so no matter what the thing is that we're up against, God is greater than it. Somebody say with me, God is greater than anything, one of the biggest schemes of the enemy is to try to get you to look at what you're up against and mistake it as being bigger than what you can handle. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that again because that's probably notable. One of the biggest schemes of the enemy is to get you to look at what you're up against and mistake it as being bigger than what you can handle. Now, if it was up to us, we would be short. <laughs> but how many of you know that because of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, it's not up to us. We're not operating in our power. All the tools that we have to, to dismantle these toxic thoughts and all of the tools that we have to mantle the God thoughts, all of the things that we're up against, that we're claiming victory over, 
we're not operating in our power to get the victory in these things, okay? If it was up to us, we'd be short, but thanks be to God, hallelujah. Thanks be to God who, whose strength is made perfect in our weakness, and thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph, and, and thanks be to God who has won the victory on our behalf. Somebody say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks be to God. And so, listen, uh, this is one of the first verses of the bonus track. When you have mandated or when you have mantled God thoughts, you realize that you have been drowning in waters you can stand in. That's the first, that, that, listen, these are, I'm just giving you the first, the first notes that, that God gave me. When you have mantled God thoughts, you realize that you have been, quote, unquote, drowning in waters you can stand in. <laughs> and this, you all, is the premise of the fact that it ain't that deep, in case you were wondering where that came from. <laughs> Listen, because when, 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 you're, when you're swimming in it and, and, and when you feel uh, that, that your head, you know, is, is, is below the water and you feel like you're sinking then you can think that you're drowning. But I come to you today to give you the proper perspective moving forward, and that's the God perspective that, beloved, the thing that you think you're drowning in. Woo, Jesus. You really can stand up in it. Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever been there where you look back and say, I was tripping over that? You know, in, in, in the next couple of seasons, you, you look back on the past season and you say, you mean to tell me I was scared because of that? I was intimidated by that? I mean drowning as if we can't breathe. But that goes back to our choice. Are we electing to breathe? Some of us have been there in a literal sense. I don't know, maybe you were a little kid like me and in a situation where you were gasping in the water, in the pool. I mean, freaking out, flipping out, only to find that if you would just stand up. <laughs> That's a word right there. Somebody needs to stand up. Before you do anything else, beloved, why don't you just stand up? Why don't you try? Why don't you give it a shot? The water might be down by your ankles. It might be by your waist. It might be by your shoulders. I'm not sure. But what if you just try to stand in the middle of it and see if you can breathe a little easier and see if you can move a little freer? And Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, stand up. You realize that what was once surrounding you is now beneath you. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. When you choose to stand up, somebody shall stand up. You realize that what once was submerging you is now at your feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody say stand up. Somebody say it ain't that deep. Yeah, it's not. It's really not, I promise you. It seems deeper than it is, but it's not. Oh, I forgot. It ain't. It ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. What if I told you, Witty Sunday, what if I told you that what you're going through is not as powerful as it is pondered? I'm going to say it again. What if I told you that what you're going through, I know you've been giving it a lot of credit. You've been talking about it a lot. And somebody asked you how you're doing, and you even mentioned its name before God's. What if I told you that what you're going through is not as powerful as it is pondered? If that's what you're thinking about all the time, of course it feels heavy. Somebody in the church recently had a baby. I visited, first lady and I, we held the baby. Baby was a, was a lightweight. But in holding the baby over time, What's really light seemed to be getting a little heavy. Could it be that you're holding it longer than you're supposed to? Could it, 
could, could, could it be, perhaps could it be that if you were to just let it go, you would realize that it's not heavy at all? You know, maybe it's just heavy because you want to keep it. Maybe, oh, maybe it's just heavy because you want to hold on. Maybe it's just heavy because, you know, from past series, we've learned, we've identified with it. And, and how do I look without that thing? What if I told you it ain't me? It's G-O-D. Ain't that right, Poet? What if I told you that what you're going through is not as powerful as it is pondered? Oftentimes, the case is we have lended our attention to the thing, okay? Listen to me. When I slow down and say listen to me, that means it's notable. That means it's memorable. That means that you want to lock in. Oftentimes, the case is that we've lended our attention to the thing in a way that mentally it assumes a precedence and a priority that is both irrational and irregular, okay? I'm gonna say that again. Oftentimes, the case is we've lended our attention to the thing in a way that mentally it assumes precedence and priority, essentially in a way that's unhealthy, in a way where the thing can seem bigger than God if that's what you're magnifying, okay? And so the next thing you know, we're seeing the thing as bigger than what it really is in real life, and now we're intimidated by a figment of our imagination. I'm trying to make sure you got this down packed before you move forward. Because remember, we're not going back. Going back is not an option. So right now, what we're doing is we're exposing everything, every scheme that the enemy will try to use to get you to go back. If the enemy can keep you seeing the thing, even if you have all the tools, even if, even if you were here and, and focused and writing notes so far, if he can get you to leave this series and get in real life situations and still see the thing as, as big as you thought it was prior, yeah, it's not going to be as effective. He got you. And so I'm making sure that you are seeing right so that you can win right. Because if you're not seeing your opponent correctly, then you will go through a lot of emotional turmoil, anxiety, freaking out, tripping out, flipping out for absolutely nothing. Okay? And so we shall not be intimidated by a figment of our imagination not moving forward. We shall not find ourselves gasping for air in waters that we literally can stand in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the trick of the enemy. We will not allow him to enforce that trick upon us as we walk in freedom. You're not going to intimidate me on my road to freedom. One of the reasons I'm free is because I already know I had the victory and I already know that because of who I am, and whose I am, according to God's holy scripture, I have the greater one. Guess what that means? Greater than anything that you can think of. Greater than, listen, you can fill that blank with anything. Why? Because he's greater than anything. Amen? Somebody say it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. You know, the power of the mind is amazing. That's why we learn, you know, how to cast them thoughts and stuff because if, if, if it's on your mind, man, it's, it's automatically in your life. The power of the mind is amazing. Um, listen, this is notable. What's on your mind determines what you see as mandatory. Mm. 
I'm going to write that again. I'm going to say that again. I want you to write it down. What's on your mind determines what you see as mandatory. <laughs> this is uh, one of the things also on the first day of God downloading this series that happened. Um, Joe's Kitchen, a cooking day. And you know how you get busy, but you, you, know, you have to use the restroom. It's like, man, I really, I really need to use the bathroom. Um, but you keep on doing what you're doing. And so I kept it going. I, I, I kept doing my thing. And then it hit me, probably like I'm talking an hour and a half later. I never used the bathroom. <laughs> and I started to think, how in the world could I have seemed to have a need to go so bad? And now all this time has passed. And it no longer seemed to be as necessary or as needful as it was. And so what I realized is that that's because in the process of cooking, I had something else on my mind. And so the need was still there, but because it wasn't on my mind, literally my body did not compute it as mandatory. Y'all with me? Be careful what's on your mind. Be careful what's on your mind. And be careful what you purposefully put on your mind instead. Mm -hmm. Some of us deal with certain things that we desire that are not within the realm of what God desires for us. And a lot of our struggle with it is because it's always on our mind. And so your body is telling you that it's mandatory. You wouldn't feel like you needed it as much if you had something else on your mind. Yeah? Somebody shout, perspective. What does perspective mean for the believer? For the believer, perspective means seeing from God's eyes, all right? Seeing from God's eyes. Now, we know that Isaiah 55 tells us that his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But through wisdom, somebody say wisdom. Through wisdom, he'll allow us to have the proper perspective. I promise you that. Through wisdom, God will allow you to have the proper perspective. Somebody say, through wisdom, God would allow me to have the proper perspective. The word perspective, you all, y'all familiar with that word? Y'all heard it before? Perspective is defined as outlook, view, point of view, or at least these are, are uh, some of the synonyms, uh, or, or angle, okay? And so God is literally seeing from a different angle as you, and you have to remember that, okay? Now check this out. Only those taller than me can see that I'm thinning out a little bit in the middle here. Now that happens to be a lot of people. However, the kids don't know nothing about that. Because they're not looking at that angle. They don't have the ability to see from that angle, okay? And so <laughs> I'm using that to say that we have a God who sits high and looks low. And he sees everything, even the things that you can't see from your point of view. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that, that God is saying, you know, the, the kids, they can't see that. But I can Will you trust the father who can see more than you can? Hmm? Will you trust the father who can see at the highest angle? <laughs> Somebody say wisdom. Let's go to James, James 1, 2 through 5. Let's go there. James 1, 2 through 5. Uh, let's lift it up in the New King James Version. 
Okay, let's see what Jimmy has to say. James 1, 2 through 5, the new King James. Wisdom. Ask for it, y'all. He'll give it to you. I'm going to prove that now. James 1, 2 through 5, new King James. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. See, listen, that scripture could have sound crazy to you before this series. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And that's real good. Verse 5 is our focus here. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. Okay? The New Living Translation puts verse 5 this way. If you need wisdom, ask. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, our generous God, our generous God, our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Okay? And so, y'all, this sounds like a promise to me. Sounds like a Bible promise that God is saying that if you lack wisdom, ask me, and I'll give it to you. One thing I realize is that some of us are not receiving the results that we like or would like in prayer because of what we're asking for or what we're not asking for. Maybe this week you take the challenge to ask God not to change the situation, you know, not to tell God what to, not to do this and not to do that, but ask him for the wisdom for how you should deal in the situation. Is that Okay. He says in here, he gives it to all liberally and without reproach, okay? The word reproach means when you address someone in such a way as to express disapproval or disappointment. So in other words, God is not going to be disappointed in you for asking for wisdom, yeah? <laughs> and guess what, y'all? When you have wisdom... You have confidence. Yeah. That's why we can confidently approach certain situations because at my point of view, you might think I'm crazy. Okay? At our point of view, you might think that I'm crazy. But what happened is I didn't got a load of God's point of view of this thing. And so now I walk in a confidence that we don't even understand on our level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have wisdom, you have confidence. And the confidence that we have in Christ is the center point for our perspective shift. Okay? Let's say that again. That this 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 is the shifter. The confidence that we have in Christ is the center point for our perspective shift. All right, I want to look at a Bible story real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and get something to eat because I'm hungry. Amen. <laughs> Joshua. Uh, we're going to talk about Joshua and Caleb. Let's go to Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Uh, let's start at verses 1 through 3, okay? Numbers is real easy to find if you have, you know, something in your hand like an actual Bible or even the electronic version. Genesis, what's next? Then what? Then what? There we go. There we go. <laughs> I knew I had some Bible readers in here. Numbers 13, 1 through 3, it says this. Um, the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Isn't God something? He already, he already lets us know the promise from me. Listen, I'm giving it to the Israelites. 
Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Verse 3 says, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. All right, so remember, if, if you need the backdrop on this, I, I would advise you to go to Dealing with Disappointment Part 2 because we gave an extensive backdrop on Abraham and on the promise that God made to Abraham for the people Israel. And we talked about uh, the different judges. We ended up talking about Moses, you know, being the leader. Y'all know about the Red Sea, right? And, and Moses led them into the promised land. And so we can get a good history on that by watching that or listening to that. Um, and so now here we are. We have this land of Canaan. This is the land that has been promised. And it sounds like we're getting close because Moses is sending out uh, 12 spies, if you will, 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel so that they can scout out the land. Everybody with me? I would like us to jump down to verse 25, 25 through 33. Let's lift that up. 25 through 33. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. Um, they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Malachites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb, my man Caleb, Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. Mm-hmm. Listen, Caleb didn't stop there. Caleb is talking that talk. He said, we can certainly conquer it. Uh-oh, sounds like he might have some wisdom. He might be looking from a different point of view. Verse 31 says, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. Uh-oh. Are you Caleb or are you the other men? I might start using it. Ah, don't other men me, please. Please. I'm, I'm, I'm operating in wisdom. Yeah other men's self. <laughs> but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. You, can, you can't go up against them. Says who? They are stronger than we are. 32 says, so they spread this bad report. My Lord, ain't nothing worse than somebody spreading a bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. We addressed those this morning, didn't we? The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. Isn't that what toxic thoughts will do? Will have you thinking that you know what somebody else is thinking and not really knowing what they're thinking. How you know what they thought? Thought it was. Thought it was. Listen, <laughs> listen. let's go to uh, 14, chapter 14, verses 5 through. That's crazy, but that's what toxic thoughts will do. Cause you to be delusional and irrational and make excuses for even somebody else's thought pattern so that you can make it seem like it's on the same line as yours. Nah. How you know? Other men? 14, let's look at 5 through 9 real quick. And then we headed to the restaurant. 14, 5 through 9 says, then, I'm playing. And then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. 
Two of the men who had explored the land, there go Josh, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jay, <laughs> tore their clothing. I told you, listen, when, if, if you think you're going to butcher it, just use the first letter, sorry. Tore their clothing. <laughs> Jeff, you know. They said to all the people of Israel, and, and by the way, back then when you hear about tearing the clothing, that means they were greatly distressed. Seven says, they said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Other men, I don't know what you're talking about. In other words, that's what they're saying, other men. I don't know what you're talking about. The land that, that we travel through and explore is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. Guess what? I'm going to add something in there because that's what he said he'd do. Because that's the promise. Come on, somebody. Listen, when you walk with the confidence of the knowledge of the promise, and that's why some of us, you need to get in his word so you can know what God has promised you so that when the other men come up, you can hold something. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise a standard against him. The word of God is the standard. What the word says, it goes. I don't care what giants are in the land. I don't care what comes to intimidate me. I believe in the God of the promise. Amen. And he said, if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, they said, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. There's a scripture that says, don't be afraid of their faces. Mm-hmm. They are only helpless prey to us. Talk that talk, Caleb and Josh. They have no protection. Who's their God? Oh, uh huh? Huh? The thing that seems bigger than you. Who's their God? Who's their protection that you think that is greater than yours? The next time you have to face something, that's got you shaking in your boots or feeling like you're, I dare you to ask yourself this question. Who's their God? Depression, who's your God? Yeah? Anxiety, who's your God? Low self-esteem, who's your God? Mistaken identity, who's your God? Financial struggle, who's your God? Lustful desires, who's your God? Come on, somebody. Shall I continue? Who's your God? That thing that's been messing with me for all these years. I never stopped to ask you a question, and I'm not going to talk to you, so I'm going to make this short. Who's your God? What authority do you have? Whose name are you coming in? Because if you aren't coming in the name that is above all names, then I'm going to take a page out of Josh and Caleb's book. You're helpless prey to me. I don't care how big you look. I don't care what your reputation is. I don't care who else you've driven out of your land. You're helpless prey to me because I don't know who your God is. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Don't be afraid of them. Joshua and Caleb, you all, were seeing from God's perspective. They had a heavenly POV, a heavenly point of view. They believed and they mandated and they mantled the thought of that the same God who brought them out of Egyptian bondage. Come on, does anybody have a same God testimony that you need to remind yourself of in the midst of tripping out and flipping out that the same God who did what you needed him to do even when you didn't know you needed him to do it back in 2003 and the same God, if you go back to the 90s where you were strung out and messed up, the same, listen, that same God that brought you out of Egyptian bondage. Listen, the other the 10 they forgot about the God that they serve they forgot about the God who parted the Red Sea on their behalf they forgot about the God who brought them from under the hand of Pharaoh they forgot about that you must have forgot ain't that what <laughs> huh 
that that same God, Joshua Caleb said, ho, 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 my memory serves me too well, that this same God who promised us this land is the same God who brought us out of Egyptian bondage. Somebody say, same God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They believe that the same God who brought them out of Egyptian bondage is the same God who can cause them to inherit the land that he promised them. If he can part the land, he can cause you to inherit the land. How about that? In spite of what seems to be obstacles surrounding the victory, they believe that we can still get victory because God said so. And I come here to charge somebody today to focus on the victory instead of the obstacle. To focus on the promise instead of the predators. Focus on the milk and the honey and the fruit instead of the giants. Because giants fall, giants die, giants are dead. Because of who our God is. Yes, there are some giants in the land. And even as you move forward after this series, guess what? There's still going to be giants in the land. That's why I'm trying to equip you. I'm not serving you no fairy tale that God is good and that you are too and that after this series, everything is just going to be all right. It is, but it's not because there won't be no giants. I'm equipping you to deal with the giants in your life. Because God said so. And so there are some giants in the land, but all that's going to do, beloved, I need you to, to, to believe this, is add texture to your testimony. Won't you let God paint the picture? Won't you let God write the story? This thing wouldn't even preach as good if it wasn't no giants in the land. God is just trying to make your testimony and your story preach good to somebody else. Yeah, don't worry about the giants. Oh, they, they're, just, they're just a part of the story. But God's going to get glory. He's just adding texture to your testimony. And ah, ah, stop telling them how long he can do that. He's God. We have to settle on if God said it. I could care less about anything else that comes, in, in, any, of, any, other, any other giant, any other threat, even if it comes and makes what God said seem bananas. Like, like God, God, I don't know. I'm seeing the opposite of what you said, good. That means that this story is going to blow somebody away. What kind of story, right? People who write movies and scripts for shows and stuff, what kind of story would it be without a plot twist? Won't you allow God, I mean, won't you allow God to get glory out of your story? If God said it, there are no ifs, no ands, no buts about it. So get your butt out the way and let God be God. If God said it, guess what, y'all? It's settled. <laughs> if God said it, guess what, y'all? It's established. Yeah, Jesus. It's established. Woo, Jesus. Somebody needs to hold on to that. It, it's, it's established. Mm-hmm. That means having been in existence for a long time and therefore recognized and generally accepted. It's established. Mm -hmm. That means it's instituted. It's established. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means that it's set up. It's already set up. It's, it's established. I don't care if the wildest, most unfortunate thing happens. No devil in hell can put a stop to what God has promised. 
And I need you to get right so that you can see it because what the children of Israel also tell us is that even if you don't see it, your children will. The promise has got to be seen. But it would be beautiful if you were the one who saw it. I'm talking about promises to generations. Of course, what he promised you will happen in your lifetime. But there's some promises that he's spoken over your bloodline. And it, 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 it's going to be great whenever it happens, but why won't you allow God to make it happen with you? Somebody say, God is greater than anything. Come on, shout, God is greater than anything. Come on, scream it like you mean it. God is greater. Scream it like you need a giant to hear you. God is greater. God is greater. God is greater than anything hallelujah listen there is no sorrow that he can't heal there is no pain or sickness that he can't heal there is no stronghold that he can't break there is no generational curse that he can't destroy there is no shame or insecurity that he can't deliver you from there is no darkness that he can't pull you out of he is a mighty savior he's all-knowing and he's all-powerful i don't know about your god giant but this is what I'm working with this is the God whom I serve they say who is this king of glory he's the Lord of hosts the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle he is the king he is the king he is the king he's the king of kings because he's the king of you he is the king of glory somebody shout hallelujah 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 Come on, let's give God some praise all over the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, we thank you. Come on, somebody praise him for your victory. Somebody praise him for your promise. Come on, praise him because he's your God. And if he said it, it will happen. If he said it, he will do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lord, we praise you. Yes, we praise you, Jesus. God, we give you glory even now. Father, we set and position ourselves to receive it now, God. We thank you, Lord, that our minds are anew. We thank you, Lord, that our perspective is in order. We thank you, God, that from this day forward, moving forward, we will see things from your angle, God. That we will have wisdom. That we will have the ability to see from your perspective. Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we destroy, Lord God, anything that we have been seeing that hasn't been what you said in regards to putting in front of us something that is not the promise. We thank you that we hold on to the promise because you are a way maker. You are a miracle worker. You are a promise keeper. You are our light in the darkness. You're our God. You're our God. I don't know who the things God is. I don't know who the giants God is. But you are our God. Woo! Is he your God this morning? Is he your God this morning? Is he your God this morning? Woo! It ain't that deep. Because I'm not operating in my own power. It ain't that deep. Because even when I feel like I'm drowning in what I'm claiming victory over, I have access to the life raft. I realize that no matter what it is, hmm, it ain't that deep. Somebody give God glory. Thank you, Jesus. It ain't that deep, y'all. I promise you it ain't that deep. <clears throat> what is deep, though, is your salvation. And so at this time, we don't want to take for granted that everybody is, is saved who's in the room or who's watching. And so we give an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. And so if you're here today or you're watching... And you want to make that happen for you. Now is the time. If you're in the room, you can come up here. We're going to clap it up for you and pray for you. If you're watching, 
what I want you to do is repeat this prayer after me. And if you really believe what you're saying when you say that prayer, then you become the saved of God. Jesus came to purchase your salvation with his blood. He came to reconcile us back to Christ in a way that we could be his again. And so if you want to be his, if you want to not only be a creation of God, but if you want to be a son or a daughter of God, you have to accept him as your father. And so praying this prayer means that you have accepted him as your father. So repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner in need of salvation. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose on the third day with all power in his hand. I believe that he is now seated on your right hand interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's clap it up for anybody who has become saved by praying that prayer. Listen, if you're, if you're watching and that's you, type, I am saved. Amen. And so salvation is important. Relationship um, is important. But according to God's desire, as he expressed in Scripture, so is fellowship. And so if you're here in the room or if you're watching and you want to become a part of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family, we invite you to become a part of our family. All you have to do if you're watching is type, I'm part of the family, and we'll know that we can welcome you in. If you're in the room, all you have to do is come on up, and we'll celebrate you, and we'll welcome you into the family. And so if that's you, we, we give a moment so you can make that happen. God doesn't just want you to be saved and be left out there. He wants you to have brothers and sisters to do this thing with and he wants you to have a, a pastor to speak words like this into your life and so if that's you now's the time yes lord amen can we give god praise